You're listening to the Morning Talk Show, broadcasting to you live from the Journalism Studios with your host, Ada Valdez. I'm here with Coach B, a leader of the Tech Olympics game, and we're going to be talking about uh, what kind of expectations they're going to be at and where they're going out on the game and how how everybody's doing. And so, number one, where are the current events going to be? So we have a uh, Special Olympics here in Victoria ISD that we host. So our very, very first event that we're going to have is March 25th, and it's our track and field event. It was going to be scheduled at Liberty High School, but due to the track, uh, we are having to move it to West High School this year. Okay, so y'all are having to move these uh, schools around, I mean, these events around, because like some of the things y'all had trouble with on the track things going on. But people are going to still be able to see them, and there's going to be hosts out there, and people are going to be checking out what's going on over there. Correct. Oh, I I really like that. That's a really cool learning experience. Tell us a little bit about what we can expect at the special at the Tech Olympics. So with the VISD Special Olympics, the track and field event, it's just like you would see here at East High School and your track athletes. So when our athletes compete, they compete in exactly the same sports that uh, your athletes would compete in. The only real difference we have is we shorten the events. So the shortest run for your uh, athletes here at East High School is 100 meters. We actually allow a 10 meter walk just to modify that particular event for those that uh, struggle with uh, walking. And then I uh, meant to mention earlier that we're also having a bowling competition. It'll be on Thursday, April 21st at Century Lanes. So we're having two competitions here in town. Nice. And so y'all are really having a busy time over there. Uh, the, tw- the 21st, y'all are going to really present with bowling alleys and people are going to be playing the same things. Uh, it's kind of like y'all how it kind of like de- seem like y'all developed it really good. And so it's like everybody wants to come over to these things. Correct. So what events will be available for athletes to participate in? So sadly, because of what's going on with uh, COVID, uh, our athletes, uh, the numbers have dropped, not not from being ill, just from uh, not getting the medicals completed on time. So uh, we had uh, five communities coming. Some schools come out of Corpus Christi, uh, Quero, and Yoakum. Uh, the Corpus Christi schools will not be able to attend. And we have a really large group called the Shining Stars. They belong to part of the Devereaux Foundation. Uh, they're still in lockdown as well. So basically our track event is probably cut in half, which is kind of sad, but uh, hopefully over the next year, we can get these athletes ready to go again and our events can become bigger. But uh, we have everything from, like I said, a 10 meter walk. We actually offer uh, motorized wheelchair events, which usually involves like a slalom type event, which is going around cones. And then we also have motorized wheelchair where they can compete in a relay. Just as you would see a relay here at East High School, uh, these kids get to do a relay using their wheelchairs. Nice. And uh, let's, let's explain a little bit to other people. Like, what what do you think, uh, how you would explain a relay? So they're going to start off at the starting line, and then uh, they'll carry a baton with them. And as the motorized chair arrives to the other chair, uh, they'll do their best to pass it off if they need help with it. We have adult supervision and volunteers that can help pass on the baton. And then they'll just continue on around the track like you would see a runner. Oh, wow. So that's a lot of information to check down, but we got some good old modifications for people to be part in. So anybody wants to get into the running or any, any of the activities, y- y'all can. 
What modifications are made to help participate, participants in the game, and are they different for every athlete? Um, there's a few modifications. I mean, most of our athletes are going to be successful uh, on their own. For those that have difficulty getting down the track, we have a what's called a unified partner, and it's a volunteer who actually gets to compete next to the athlete as they compete. So if it's someone who needs help uh, getting down the track, there's someone right next to them that they can basically guide them and they can hold on to. Okay, so you got people helping people out in any, in any best way they can. What inspired you to come to these events and be a leader? So I actually started uh, with adapted physical education in 2013 and in 2014 because I used to coach at Howell Middle School. I wanted to do something else for our athletes or for our students. And so we began uh, Special Olympics Victoria in 2014. Back then we had probably about 18 athletes our biggest year, just be, you know, before uh, what's currently going on, uh, we had up to 87 athletes competing in Victoria. Again, like I said, our numbers are down this year. We have approximately 30 athletes for the 2022 year, but we're hoping those numbers go up. Nice. And so, you kind of got introduced to it, got a little bit of hosting and leader leader for it, and you're hoping, you know, a lot of people get to have more athletes and more time to, you know, do what they can to pass this thing. We know we all know about the medal champion in the Olympics. So what does the Special Olympics do to their ceremony? So our medal ceremonies are almost exactly like you would see at a regular Olympic competition. Uh, so let's compare it to East High School track and field. Uh, what occurs there usually is the track meet ends. The medals and ribbons are uh, given to the head coach who then eventually passes them out to your athletes usually at a, the next day or at a later date because they're still tallying all the uh, events. Ours is a bit different. Ours, when they finish competing, and as soon as we have the results, we do the medal ceremony in between track, and uh, track events, such as the running events, and then before we do the field events, which is your throwing events, we'll have a medal ceremony on a podium with them. So ours are instant gratification. Once they finish competing, they don't have to wait for their medal ceremonies. Okay, so I have a development where not everybody has to wait for them. Uh, you got things going on to where people will be able to pertain to their community and have something to hang on to. Correct. So how many athletes do you expect participate in this year? So probably for our track event, uh, we've got about 30 of our own from Victoria. We're looking at about uh, 10 to 15 from Quero, and then Yoakum joins us, and they usually pretty, pretty much bring a pretty good group. Uh, usually have about 35 to 40 athletes. So, you know, once again, our numbers are down. We're probably at 50%. Uh, like I said, we usually have the Shining Stars compete with us. They usually bring about 80 athletes. Uh, Corpus Christi would bring us about 20 athletes, but uh, this year it looks like it's only gonna be Quero, Yoakum, and Victoria competing. So okay. you're probably looking at 60 to 65 athletes. 60 to 65. I don't know. It's been kind of tough these past years because of COVID and all these. And they've been tracking down a lot. People had to shut down these things. So I hope you all get to go back up there and try to win it. Everybody's trying to get into the evolved in the events for everybody. It's been tough, but hopefully we'll get back at it. If an athlete does well at the local level, 
how far can an athlete go from the local level to the less to the next part? So once again, it's going to be very similar to y'all sports. So when they compete here locally, from here they get to go to regional competition. Regional is usually held in Corpus, Austin, or um, San Antonio. And then from regionals, they can actually go to the state level. And state level, let's just talk about track and field. The state level track and field occurs in Austin, Texas, um, at their venue there, UT campus. Yeah. And then from there, as a as you continue to compete, if you do well at the state level, you can actually compete at the national level. And the national level, you'll be competing against the entire United States, not just the state level. Right. And it's nice. I'm, I'm really learning a lot about this in one podcast. But uh, it's nice to hear, you know, you can go from the local to all, o- all over the state, all over Texas, because you're practicing and you're trying your moves and everything and one day you're going to be so powerful to everybody it's going to look it's going to look good on who everybody's going to watch on videos or shows or anything like that so if you aren't currently an athlete or apparently of an athlete uh how can you volunteer or help with the special olympics game and do y'all have any fundraisers available for people to participate so uh, as far as volunteering, there's a form you have to fill out. Uh, I have that form for volunteers. I like to use a lot of uh, the athletes that are from East and West High School. So we've actually had both high schools uh, volunteer at my events in the years past. Uh, I do know uh, the soccer team from both schools have helped. The baseball team has helped. And we always ask the cheerleaders and the bands from both schools to come out. Because we have something called an opening ceremony. And during the opening ceremony, it's the athletes get to do the march. And then the bands, the West Band and the East Band, actually play the music for our athletes to walk. So volunteering-wise, it is possible. Again, for this year, because the numbers are so low, we don't really need that many volunteers. So we're pretty much really good on that. Uh, And then we have a local partner, HEB. So HEB actually donates money towards my event. Because when we compete, we feed our athletes at the competition. So usually HEB sends uh, their partners out to help volunteer. We have VISD teachers that come out and staff. And then, like I said, we use local athletes from east and west that come help. And as far as fundraising, <laughs> that's really tough because you got to have a 403 or you got to have a tax exemption status. And Uh-oh. VISD has that but not really for Special Olympics. So most of the money I receive is from donations. It's not really from fundraising. So like I said, HEB will donate. I've had parents donate. I've had local businesses donate. Um, They usually just donate money and they kind of sponsor it, I guess. So more of a sponsorship rather than a fundraiser. Okay, so y'all don't really do fundraisers that much. Y'all do donations from like, you know, how you mentioned HEB and since there's not too many people over there, it's going to be kind of easier for y'all. Y'all don't need too many volunteers. Uh, it is possible, but you're just going to have to really get onto it. There's a paper you got to sign. Then we'll talk about it. So, something like that. What do you look forward to in the most at the Special Olympics Games? So I know a lot of people think it's about competition. I think what's uh, it's most special about uh, our events 
is when the athletes finish competing, the looks on their face, the smiles, uh, the volunteers giving them high fives. Uh, that's what you really like to see in a sporting event. Uh, so yes, there are some serious competitors, but once the event's over, everyone's like friends. They all go sit down together at tables. We eat together. Uh, so basically, I think uh, the, the best part about it is just seeing the looks on the athletes' faces when they finish competing and getting that medal or that ribbon. All right, so it's not too much. You know, at the end of the day, you know, it's a good lesson to be learned, and especially on a podcast. It's not just about the if people win or lose. And just like when I was a little kid, it's not about if you win or lose. It's about having fun or doing a, doing a good job on the game. Couldn't you have know? said it better myself. <laughs> yep. And if you're kind of struggling on it, you can practice it for next time. And then people are going to be, one day you're going to be getting medals and stuff and around the state area. So, and then that's how people are going to interact with you. But it's not just about the winnings. It's more about, you know, people who are really proud of you working and trying hard to participate in these things. And just a reminder for all, for all of us listeners out there, uh, when and where the Victoria Special Olympics will be. So track and field, March 25th at West High School from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. And then our bowling competition is at Century Lanes on Thursday, April 21st. That usually goes from about 12 till 2 p.m. All right, and what date is that? The bowling one's going to be April 21st. At 10 p.m.? Usually we start noon at Century Lanes because they won't open the doors for us until noon. So that's kind of a later event. Nice, and I know there's a lot of people wanting to think about these things, and we haven't really been hearing things like the Olympics on the really announcements that much, because it's kind of like rare to the announcements, but it's really nice to hear you and uh, talk with you about these things and how people interact with each other around them. Well, I can add real quick, there's actually over 20 events that Special Olympians can actually compete in. Uh, we actually have two students who compete in equestrian, which is horseback riding. Uh, had students competing in golf. We had a powerlifting team, uh, track and field, of course, bowling, and we also have a basketball team that competes. So it's not limited just to a few sports. We actually have over 20 sports that can they can compete in. Everything from ice skating, not going to do that here. <laughs> To dance competition. Well, nice. Now, how does the horseback riding go? I, I would like to. Know it's that. great, uh, obviously, because the horses are quite expensive. Not many athletes can do that, but uh, their parents are involved with them. So it's really nice to see that the parents support their children who compete in Special Olympics, and they usually get the transportation complete, and they basically do everything for the horse. Coach B just gets to show up and watch, which is the best part. <laughs> yes, showing up <laughs> and watch. And, you know, I feel like we would have, I feel like we one day got to, you know, show up and watch these things or, you know, because it's really nice and just to get out of the house and, you know, find something different, see something different in ourselves or see other things, other people shouting really loud and shouting their hearts out and everything because they're having fun on the events. Yes, sir. Y'all have like hockey or anything? No hockey, buddy. No hockey. Ice skating, close enough. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, I love it. Well, thank you for being with me on this podcast. 
You're very um, welcome. Thanks for having us. I've learned a lot of, uh, on this one podcast, and it's really come a long way from this point. And I hope y'all are getting to have more and more teams as we go along with the years. It's been tough, but had to do everything from home. But we're trying to get back to normal now, and it's it's getting better. Yep, we're getting there. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, too. Catch y'all again next time on The Morning Talk.